0: Free to a video. There we go. We are live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is July the 10th, 2020. Well, time you guys are going to be watching this, but it is July 8th, 2020, and welcome to episode numero dos of. The J Money Talks Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Jason J Money Johnson. And we are a lot of stuff to talk about this week. And let me say, we got what do we got here. Um, I think we got is UFC 251, I believe this is. Is it 251 or 252? Let me take a look at my handy dandy smartphone. Quality piece of technology, by the way. UFC yes, 251, yes. You know, where we got practically three big title fights in that card. Of course, we got Petrion taking on the legend Jose Aldo for the vacant UFC Bantamweight Championship. Then we got Max Holloway taking on Alexander Volkanovski It is a rematch for the UFC featherweight championship. And then in the main event, we got the UFC welterweight champion, Kamaru Usman, defending his title against Street Jesus, the baddest mother-effer in the world, Jorge Masvidal. Now, it's going to be a weekend card I am excited to see. I'm interested for this one. I am, like, as soon as they announce this on card, if, if anyone does not know, the current The main event was going to be Kamar Uzman taking on Gilbert Burns in the main event. Instead, we now had a switch up because Gilbert Burns, I believe him or one of his people in his corner tested positive for COVID-19 virus. So he had to pull out unfortunate for him, I'm hoping he gets a title shot soon, a Burns, he did knock out the former champion, Tyron Woodley, in a main event at the, and won the UFC Fight Nights at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas so, hopefully that happens, we're going to cover that, we're going to probably do some predictions I might have someone I'm going to probably do some predictions give a little preview, give my thoughts about who is going to, who I think is going to win this stuff not the best analytically on the MMA, but I'm gonna at least help you guys out as best I can. So when we we'll move on, to the next big story. Of course, we got Patrick Mahomes taking pretty much taking the Chiefs Chiefs by the balls and telling him, Run me some money. And he gave him pretty much all the money because he is gonna get pretty much I'm not saying pretty much, but half a billion dollars. Yes, you heard that right. Half a billion. 503 million dollars. It is the richest deal in the history of sports. Like any sport, professional, amateur, whatever it is, it is 503 million. That is a huge amount of money. We're going to discuss that in a minute. And, um... Yeah, that's gonna be the beginning. That's how we're uh, covering this uh, episode here. But I think we gotta talk about something that happened this past week, and I think this is something that has to be addressed. Um, and this one involved pretty much a group I was involved in for quite a while. I had to step away from because I my focus would need to be on work and uh, also paying some bills and. Whatnot. So, we are moving on. So, we're going to talk about the recent accusations and allegations that have been given by some of the biggest members of the Super Smash Bros. community. And if you are not familiar with Super Smash Bros., it is Nintendo's fighting game, it is probably one of their biggest series. All time, you get pretty much the best of Nintendo and some of the best in video game history duking it out in pretty much this competitive, uh, sometimes competitive party game. Depends on how you pers- how you look at it. It's a matter of perspective, really. It is a very good complex fighting game to me, and a few others. And uh, yeah, this is a big one. We uh, recently had some allegations that came out before the first episode was, was recorded. And some more stuff that came out the day after recording. And this is a big situation going on. So, this began with probably the first big allegation was on, I believe it was Monday, I believe. That a popular commentator by the name of Senpai was actually ousted was pretty much exposed for having this illicit affair with a player by the name of Puppet who is probably well known in the Mid-Atlantic region mostly in the Maryland Virginia area and yeah, yes this was an illicit relationship and this began when Neon was 14 years old now the thing about Sinpai was she was, at the time, 24. Um, I probably will find a photo of Puppet when he when this relationship began. And, yeah, it was a shock to me. When I think about it, I looked at the photos, some of the photos and some of the stuff that happened. I looked at it and I was like, wait. He, she had an affair with this kid who honestly looked like a... Tw- 10 years old, who honestly still looked like 10 years old at the time, and I was like, okay, this is kind of on the land of pedophilia. So, yeah, I looked into this, and if it was... I don't know if this is true, if it's any of this confirmed. I've not heard anything from, I guess, the side of Senpai at all. I... if this is all true, then... I believe she's going to face jail time. She probably will face jail time, definitely, and probably she's probably going to get removed from community. So that was my allegations, my possibly from mayor. Um, yeah, that was my uh, thought process. Then uh, yeah, this was on Monday. Now fast forward to Thursday. Now Wednesday there were some rumblings of some stuff happening with Kitaro a popular uh, commentator, tournament organizer. He is well-known in the Smash community in regards of the, the Super Smash Brothers Brawl and Project M scenes then. And he, uh, yeah, there was some allegations of him having a uh, statutory rape, allegations of statutory rape. Uh, he invited this one girl who was like 16, I believe, and... It was at a party at another popular smash commentator or broadcaster by the name of sky williams and it was a thing that happened where i believe some how i believe guitar i guess proceeded to ask her for sex or some form of sexual contact or whatever i'm not entirely sure and i guess she said yes Or no, I don't know if it's. It was basically she. It was rape, pretty much. It was some rape. Uh, Did Kidaro admit it the next day? He actually kind of admitted. He sort of admitted, but he just pretty much did like typical, like I'm gonna step away from social media and you know reflect on this situation and all that stuff. That was one big thing that happened. Then what happened next around the same time? The one actually was hit with allegations of sexual assault when he was at Super Smash Con, which is pretty much a celebration of all things. Super Smash Bros. comparatively, in terms of Smash for Nintendo 64, Super Smash Bros. Melee, Brawl, uh, some, I think project M may be involved in that somewhat, I'm not sure, but, um... Also, Smash 4 and Ultimate. And I think this happened in 2016, I believe. And D1 ended up, uh, I guess, proceeded to, I believe, assault a, who was a, monor- a minor, I believe, forced himself upon this minor. I'm not entirely sure if all of it's truthful or not. So, there is some things there that we need to discuss about this and this is um it was a great pretty, pretty much a sketchy subject and i was like kind of shocked and about it when i heard this happen i was reading some of this stuff uh same thing with d1 he decided to say that you know i'm don't know if i i don't agree with some of the stuff that this allegations but if I did make that individual feel uncomfortable, I apologize, and kind of taking the blame for it, and decided to step away from social media and stuff like that. So, that was another thing. Now, at the same time, this uh, was next came out as a player by the name of Nairo, who is one of the best uh, players in Super Smash Bros. Brawl and in Smash 4. And he was well known for Zero Su Samus, and very famous for being the one that ended the fifty-six tournament win streak of Zero, who is quite doubt, undoubtedly the best player in Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo Wii U. And yes, there was an allegations of there has been uh, rumors of him having this. Affair, this relationship with a young player by the name of Captain Zack, who I believe came into the scene, I believe, at the age of fourteen, I believe, and I think when he when uh, Captain Zack started coming into tournaments on a more of a national scene, like going to like the bigger tournaments in like California and like Evo and Smash Con, there was uh at first the relationship was more like a professional type of relationship involving him and uh not you know trying pretty much not trying to teach him you know tries to at least help him with his mash and at least and then I guess that end up leaning into something sexual because you know something sexual this is something that Kevin Zach pretty much didn't tell anybody now he's also had uh Reports of him having this affair with Ally and that coming out, and there was some things that happened with another player by name Ally, who is well known in Smash Four, and also a bit of brawl for Snake and Super Smash Brothers Four or for Nintendo Wii with Mario, and he uh, had some allegations. There was also some reports of relationship there, and it did not go. Well, So, it was, uh... There were some things that happened. And this happened, around, I believe, late 2018, early 2019. I'm not entirely sure when that stuff came out. But it was a big thing that came out. And Nairo, uh... Played a role... Ended up conducting... In some sexual misconduct with, uh... Young Captain Zach. Pretty much, at the time, was, I believe... 15, 16, when this relationship began. So, I'm not entirely sure on the full details. I kind of need to look into, back into some of the details. So, all of this is true, but you can follow, if you follow, like, Twitter and stuff, there is a lot of stuff that explains everything. There's various split-longers and various statements made, and it is a big uh, thing that happened involving the community and uh Nairo is a was a big uh name in the community he was pro i believe he was one of the first people i've seen in a competitive scene when i was starting to come in to the competitive scene you know starting to look at like no let me learn like like characters or something like that like figure out how to play this character effectively or how would I do in this matchup or whatever and he was that was a big shock to me plus what was interesting is me and him pretty much birthdays are like a day apart so it's quite interesting that someone like around my age was pretty much doing something like this now I look at Narrow like And like a lot of fans did... Not entirely... But I was... In a... State of shock... Because this is a... Big pivotal part... Member of the community... That said... To do this... Heinous... Like... Crime... So... I don't know how to... Feel about this... So there is... So at that point... It was a big... uh, Bombshell that hit the entire... Super Smash Bros. community... And, uh, a lot of people feel, uh, like, betrayed and, uh, hurt because these are, like, the three people that I mentioned here are probably huge, uh, figureheads in the community. Especially, uh, one big one is D1, who is a well-known Super Smash Bros. commentator, especially for his well-known DESTRUCTION and and his, that is, like, his big S-phrase and, like, a few other things. And he's known for for iconic Smash moments, especially great like casting calls. Like it is a big uh, shock, loss to community, and pretty much he's known for pretty much a vast majority of competitive Smash history. And that's a big uh, for him to do something like this is a huge uh, shock. It's a huge shock to me, and like I believe a few others. I think, well, not few, but many members of the community feel shocked and uh, appalled by it. Now, um, what do I think will happen now, if we're going for now 2GG, uh, which is a big uh, group that organizes tournaments, and uh, mostly in the California region, uh, have made some, excuse me, have made some uh, bands no Band Nairo, Band D1 Band Gitaro Band like Zenpai. Um, I don't know how long this band going to last To me I believe For something like this It has to be like a permanent thing Because in terms of this community The Smash community A majority of us are Pretty much came around this when we were like Teenagers Like 12, 13 years old You know, got into seeing competitive in the more casual sense. You know just playing with friends. And then one of her friends. Who actually goes to like the local. Says hey I actually compete in this game. Locally. Like why don't you uh, come with me to it. And, I, and they build a passion for it. They go to the first tournament. They actually end up loving the experience. They actually you know meet. Like a group of people. Who actually share like a common interest. Share this common interest. Which is playing this video game. At a high com- and pretty much is high competitive level, sort of. And then pretty much they meet people who may be older than them, and some of them feel like pretty much like I don't know what to say, but it's a thing where I believe it's a harsh uh, reality that we pretty much witness a somehow there's a so con- thing about the community is it's good, incident Looks on the inside, like, the people who are, like, gatekeepers and, like, figureheads, some of them, like, are doing the same stuff, like, you know, pretty much some of them, like, have had relationships with, have these relationships with minors who probably don't know, like, you know, how relationships work or anything like that, and how, how to treat, people in relationships, and that's a big uh, thing that needs to... That's a huge thing that needs to be addressed. I believe it's uh, something that has to... needs to be stopped, and I... do I think that the players or the commentators, the people who did these crimes, should be banned? I believe so. Is it the right thing to do? Absolutely, because at this point, it is something that has to be done, because... This is a big step. This is something that is a uh, rocks the community because especially some of the things that have been the community has done to try at least get to where they are now, especially like doing like the Smash Bros documentary, having like the Smash Bros. documentary, you know, the pressuring, like, you know, trying to at least get Nintendo to make a new game, doing the patches that is being made, like one of the big things is ...that, uh, the has wanted was trying to get support from Nintendo themselves. You know, like, help make a tournament series. Help us with, like, a circuit or help with prize pots or whatever. And now that's like, because of this incident that happened, it might take a giant step backwards now. Because something like this doesn't affect just the people who were affected it also affects the community as a whole. Now, the big issue to me is now the entire community is practically now going to be taking pretty much the brunt of the actions you have created. And to me, that is a big shock. It's to me, a not a shock, but it's a big thing that needs to be, going to have to be discussed and probably be addressed by the time we start going back into tournaments in a regular basis, in-person tournaments. And I believe we're going to have to do some things. I do think there needs to be a change in how tournaments... how they're going to handle, like, stuff outside of tournaments. Because a lot of the stuff that happened happened outside of tournaments, like, pretty much at, like, after parties and these after parties and hotel rooms and stuff where pretty much they're no longer under Vitario's jurisdiction, technically. And I believe there needs to be something where uh, a lot of people have mentioned this, like we should create like a third party like organization that where a if somehow some, any allegations of sexual, any form of sexual assault or sexual misconduct of been has happened to you. You can come forward and say, "Hey, like this player, da, 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 da or this commentator grabbed my booty while I was staying at line at the food truck, and I did not appreciate that." Or this player made this inappropriate gesture or an inappropriate comment, and I felt uncomfortable with it. And that is something that this third party group can you know take that allegation and take like both arguments what happened and make an agreement on this and it can actually play the role in you know either banning that player or commentator for a certain amount of time or or a permanent ban it depends on how big the allegation is um, and that's uh, something that needs to be done I think the next thing is, is... To any members of Community Young... Who are under the age of 18... If you watch any of this... Um, my personal opinion is... If you are going to... Any of these national tournaments... The main thing I recommend... For you guys... Is... Try to stay in groups... In like small groups of like... Three or four... I believe... And if one of you... Has to like use a restroom or something... All of you go together. Like that's the main thing. Don't try to be separate from everybody. Try to at least establish a good line of communication when you're at these tournaments, especially during like a weekend, because some most of this stuff is on weekends, where there's a lot more free time. You're in a never city. You've never been, may have never been to, in another state. You probably don't know anybody here. You're probably you are probably at that point a fish in this like large ocean this very small fish in this very large ocean and that is a big uh, thing that needs to be done i believe that security should be mandatory at smash tournaments and so that way if there is something that happens there is some security guard that's there and that can actually help you know put a stop to it or you know get this gentleman like away from us or separate this guy or whatever or woman and like and that's I mean I believe it has to be done um but yeah that's a there's a big uh there's a lot of big figureheads that have been hit by this in the Spanish community and it's not just that not just uh the people I mentioned now just recently uh Zero the person I mentioned earlier well, I was referring to Nairo, Zero, who is pretty much the best player in the world, he at the time he stepped away from the game for like pretty much like the mental health stuff, and uh, you know does com does now uh, mostly content creation. And one of the things is when he was young, there was been he he he's been hit with like allegations small and it snowballed after a couple of days and he actually it was mainly because it was mainly the allegation was that when he was younger when he was living with uh, the ever mentioned Sky Williams house with Kitaro and D1 and the I believe Me Too King I'm not sure and he uh, showed pretty much these inappropriate photos to uh one member female member of the smash community that end up snowballing at first he may have admitted to him doing something and then Van Lair fully coming out of it in this like series of twit longers and to me that is another big big blow to the entire community of smash and it is a yeah, there's a lot of things in Smash community I think that needs to be addressed and I think has to be taken care of immediately. And this doesn't just affect Smash entirely. This is also something that affects the entire fighting game community or FGZ, if you will. Because on the same day the Smash Brothers stuff came out on Thursday, uh, the same day, uh, the CEO for former CEO of EVO, Mr. Uh, Joey Cellular, also known as Mr. Wilshard, was exposed for having these inappropriate incidents with uh, minors. Like, sh- pretty much telling them, like, show them naked in, in their underwear, themselves so, just in their underwear, and a few other things. And yeah, that is that happened. Uh, years end up becoming this crazy firestorm where players drop, decided to drop out of the tournaments and exhibitions, uh, commentators decided to drop out because of the allegations. It got to a point where teams and pretty much developers of fighting games like Street Fighter for Capcom Capcom for Street Fighter, they pulled out. Never Realm for Mortal Kombat 11 pulled out. Uh, Bandai Namco pulled out for uh, Tekken 7 and Dragon Ball Fighters two big games. Like, pretty much it got to a point where pretty much they removed, now luckily enough Evo has removed Joey Silver, and because of that they actually uh, now, they had to cancel the Evo online tournament which was those began earlier this this past weekend. And sadly, it is no longer there anymore. It's not happening. I do not know. So this affects a lot of things. I think a lot of the stuff involving the sexual misconduct stuff. I believe this is something that has to be done where I personally believe that the these organizers or probably like states should like have A lot of the people in, like, esports communities, like, should look into creating, like, some kind of third party for probably allegations and uh, accusations of sexual assault. They should have, like, security be mandatory at events and uh, especially even at after parties, even after parties and a lot of things. And they also should, uh, I don't know, this is a big thing that needs to be Changed up, and hopefully this might end. Hopefully, this uh, there's gonna be more accusations that are probably gonna come into light, and I hope any sort, any victims who, if you are for listening to this, you guys have my full support. You guys do what you you know whoever needs to be, I guess, weeded out of the community. Weed them out. They need to be weeded out. They need to be exposed. And... But, uh, yeah. That's a big thing there. And, um... Yeah, it's, uh... A lot of stuff is... Some also involved with, like... Any, like... Some of the stuff involves, like, minors. Like, dating... Start dating... These girls around 16, 17 years old. Before 18. That is, um... It's weird. It's... I think that's... That is grooming. That's something called grooming. I'm not sure the terminology exactly for it. But it's something called grooming. And that is somehow a bit of legal. That's also a low-key type of pedophilia type of thing. That's a weird detail. But that is something that has to stop. That is something that's been going on actually in this in our community somehow. And that's something I believe that needs to be stalled and stopped instantly. Um, in this case, that has to be a thing where we have to tell them, like, we gotta at least control that Nip that in the butt soon, because it has something that's been going on for probably a while now, and that needs to be solved instantly, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big. I mean, that's my opinion on how that's should go, listen, if... If you're going to pursue a relationship with any woman, whatever it is sexual whatever it, if it's a sexual relationship, she has to be 18 end a story don't in it's thing that's the, should be the thing there needs to be the rules here in like there needs to be some kind of rule here where if she is 18, then you're free to I guess you can pursue in some form of sexual relationship with that woman at that age. But if we are not, that needs to be a nationwide thing. I don't think this needs to be a nationwide thing, to be honest with you. Like, it should not be like, oh, well, I was in Colorado and the age of the Senate is 16. No. Like, in the United States court of public opinion, it is 18. Regardless, wherever state it was in. This is, that's what it needs to be. And that's a thing that needs to be done. And, um, yeah. I, uh... Uh... Hopefully, when this gets... All gets solved... Um... We can... Hopefully, this is something that will be solved before... In-person tournaments begin again. And, um... Yeah, um, Hopefully, by that point... It's... This community is gonna go better. We'll look back at it. It's a black eye. And... But, hopefully, I believe this community can... Rise up from it and be better than ever. Which I'm honestly hoping for in this uh, time frame. Okay. So, I'm going to go ahead now. We're going to take a quick commercial break here, folks. Don't go anywhere. We are just getting started here on the podcast. I am going to be doing... We're going to talk about probably... Patty Mahomes getting that half a bill paycheck... We're gonna talk about that in just a minute. Don't go anywhere, folks. And we are back. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with our podcast. Sorry for probably lay probably later now. I pretty much had to get me some fluids. Pretty much had to cook me my. dinner pretty much for tonight and uh yeah let's uh get ready to move on to our next segment and that is talking about the massive deal of the man patrick mahomes that deal is an interesting one and this is a big one because uh if you didn't, if you haven't kept up with any form of sports media or you are living under a rock Patrick Mahomes signed a huge contract ascension, which is five hundred and three million dollars. Yes, one half billion and this was a big deal. Um right now. He it is not gonna be active now. He has two more years of his rookie contract left, but Chiefs exercised that 50-year option for him, and so he won't really be able to touch it. Not this year, not next year, 2021. He will pretty much start having this in 2022 season. In the 2022 season. And luckily enough, this is something that is not going to be messing up with uh, Team Salary Cap directly for a while. So, it is something that is interesting. Especially, um... Especially, like, how the seasons, like, are going to go. Especially this season, because... how the season goes because of the COVID-19 crisis like you know big part of a sour cap it comes from revenue and attendance mostly from attendance so if there are states that are like we are not allowed any fans this season basically sour caps are going to go low to the ground like low so, yes, that is a thing there. But, yeah, this is a big one. Like, $140 million are in guaranteed money and uh, various forms of guarantees. Like, one of them is and includes, like, this insurance policy. Like, in case you ever get injured, you still get your money. It's a, That's a good thing to have. And, yeah, this is going to be a steal that's going to keep him with the Chiefs until the 2031... Sorry, my apologies there. Till the 2031 NFL season. So, that is a big deal. And does this impact, like, the quarterback market? And I believe yes. Especially the case that is going on right now in Dallas between Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, primarily Jerry Jones. Uh, Deshaun Watson, will he resign with the Texans? And will they give him a stat extension, something like Patrick Mahomes levels? Who knows? And, of course, there's a big one with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, and that's also a big thing there. So I think this is going to affect them, affect how much would they need to pay just to keep them there, and that's a big thing. I don't think it'll be something that breaks I don't know this is something that's gonna break the the leagues like QB market like But uh this is a big thing for uh but for Packer Mahomes, he's got a good amount of money coming his way, that's a big amount. Like fifty point three million guaranteed somehow the dude somehow makes like a dollar sixty a second by the time that hits it's a dollar sixty a second. It's that's a crazy thing. It's that I heard was sixty second, like sixty-nine bucks a month a minute, and like it was something at ESPN did and I'm like whoo, buddy. All I gotta say is this if he, he, he actually has a girlfriend and all I can say is to Patrick Mahomes, before you decide to put a ring on that, you gotta get that prenup, up. But if you get the prenup because the last thing we want to hear happen to you like six seven years down the road you end up getting divorced from this chick and she gets all your money (laughs) you do not need to know how (laughs) so what i'm saying is this wrap it up before you tap it up and before you propose with the rock make sure she gets the paper she signs the paper and if she don't, you gotta get the scissors and cut that bitch off, and send her home to the streets. She belonged to the streets. So yeah, that's a big thing for Patrick uh, Mahomes. That is a big thing now, and uh, we're gonna move continue with football in terms of the NFL. One of the big things is the Baltimore Ravens decided this season for season ticket holders they are going to defer the season tickets for the 2020 season to 2021, and what they're going to do is if fans are allowed in the in the building in the stadiums they're only going to allow 14,000. Now for me, I am someone who is okay with the fact that it's going to happen. I as much as I want to go to games more, one big game, home game in a particular, I want to go to is Ravens versus Chiefs on my night football. And if that is going to be an expensive one, then I will probably just go ahead and just, you know, at least go be in Baltimore. I mean, I'll still go to Baltimore, but I'll probably just, you know, stick around to the tailgates and hang around at least the area because at least uh... i had a lot of fun when i was actually by like that little crowd thing and it was actually entertaining actually and um, yeah that's a big thing i'll probably stay away from so yeah that's gonna be a big thing um, i guess we'll keep on with football another topic in football is of course the washington redskins their name this is something that has been going on like crazy. They are now looking into changing the the name, which is Washington Redskins. They're planning on changing it because it is uh, considered offensive to Native Americans. It's been something that's been talked about for years, but hasn't had any headway of making any change because Dan Snyder pretty much says it's nothing racist about the team's name. It's actually a... Good homage to them, and honestly, it isn't. Uh, turns out, turns out. Fun fact: If you ever wonder what exactly the term "redskin" is, it is when uh, white colon colonizers uh, cut off the heads, like the scalps, of Native Americans, and, and of course, it were like quite bloody and or not, and, uh, right because of the blood, so, uh, that's where the term redskins come from, it's pretty much from the forceful, like, scalping of Native Americans, so, it is a term that is, brings up some hatred, so, I personally believe that the name needs to be changed, there's been a lot of things to make sure that change is possible to happen, why I believe that FedEx who holds the naming rights to the stadium that Washington plays in, they told him, like, hey, we're going to pull out of our deal. You guys got to change your name. We are planning on pulling out. Nike decided to not even list their items on their website. So if you search anything NFL, if you search for Washington Redskins, it doesn't pop up at all. Um, The free minority owners who own 40% of the league... Are playing on selling their shares to someone, and um, I also heard this earlier today that Amazon is playing on pulling their pulling items off of their uh, listings, and um, yeah, that's a big thing here for Washington in terms of the owner Dan Snyder. He is under some huge, uh, some huge. Uh, he has to change the name and it's pretty much a likely thing, scenario that is going to happen. Excuse me. Let me take a sip. Coke Zero, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Well, Coke Zero. On my apologies there, but yes, this is a uh, I believe this the name should be changed. I don't know what names it will be changed to. They could do like the Washington Generals, is the number one one. They could use the what the DC uh theme XL team, uh, the defenders. They could use Washington Defenders. I mean, just change colors. I mean, the colors change. I mean, see, they share the same color, so you can make it work. Uh, one thing I heard people wanted to mention was a team called Washington Red Tails, which is based all uh, talks about the Red Tail uh, Airmen, like the Tuskegee Airmen, and I think that's a good homage, would be a good homage to them, and uh, a good, like, thing, especially in terms of the NFL trying to promote, like, the Black Lives Matter stuff, you know? And, uh yeah that's a big thing there um, I don't know exactly what they would name rename it to I hear they're planning on renaming the team but I think they're removing the famed old, uh, Native American imagery so if that is the case then that's a step in the right direction so I personally think that name is going to be changed sometime soon and uh, yeah I think it's about time to change it okay um, let's see what we go to next? Okay, baseball. It is coming back. It's. Uh, I'm not excited for baseball much, but uh, yeah, baseball is coming back. Um, I mean, uh, teams I'm probably going to watch in this upcoming season, I don't watch a lot of baseball much, but I think since baseball is a sport that's coming back and it's starting to be uh, going to be watched a lot... On side of NBA, um, probably gonna go try at least watch, probably see uh, the Orioles see what they do because they pretty much tanked the hell, and I only, and I might watch the Reds because I hear they are pretty stacked this year, and I kind of want to watch them because I have seen a Bats game and they got some hitters, <laughs> they they got some guys who can hit the deep bombs. Okay, so. I believe this Red team is going to be a stacked team this year. So I might see what the hype is about there. So, um yeah, that's gonna be a big thing. That's a big thing of baseball. Baseball's coming back, they released schedule like early last week, late last week, or uh, or on Monday, I believe. And yeah, it's uh it's gonna be sixty games. The universal uh, the universal designated hitter. Position, which I think is good. It's also expanded playoff, I believe, this year, and um, yeah, it seems exciting. I think it's around exciting, pretty much exciting to me. So, <coughs> excuse me. All right, we're gonna go into the NBA. NBA, the first few teams have arrived to Orlando. There has been, uh, yeah, one of the things I, they've shown recently was some of the like meals that the uh, league has been providing them in the little bubble in uh, Orlando, and I'm like, is that really what they're eating? Because I'm like, this is like something I would have if I am like trying to like go into like a very severe diet or something like some hardcore cutting stuff so this is like an interesting one um yeah it was that was when i saw uh the nba is allowing uh black lives matter like messages beyond the players jerseys and several last names and uh yeah i believe uh there's names that are being uh written often now big names like uh, Victor Old Depot, Kyrie Irving is opted out of it. Uh, Victor Old Depot opting out is quite interesting because he's actually with the team, but he is deciding not to play. So, what exactly is the end game here? I don't get it. So, yeah, I don't get that idea whatsoever, but that's something I believe is an interesting thing. I believe it's a. If the season seems interesting, I'm probably going to look into probably my Spurs, my San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they're in the running, they're in the seating. Do I think they're going to get it? Probably not, but hey, watch the last eight games, see how this goes, and hopefully, maybe if they get it, hey, that's good to know. Um, but overnight. I think the big thing is who I think is going to make it into the finals. I believe it's going to be Bucks Lakers. It's obvious it's going to be Bucks Lakers or Bucks Clippers. Somehow I think it's about to be that thing where we're going to see Giannis finally uh, into the finals and he takes on LeBron, and that's going to be the big uh, series. That's going to be a uh, big thing. And uh, plus, I think this is going to be now. Who do I think is going to win? I say this is a close that's a close series, in my opinion. I think in seven. It's probably going to be LeBron Lakers. Uh, I believe this is the this season there they are pretty much have done this probably was a big thing this season and this was a big thing this season and I think they're riding off huge momentum. I think kinda off the death of Kobe Bryant and no offense. Um but yeah, I think this is that's they're riding off a train of momentum, and it's like the emotional thrill ride right there. And I think they're going to at least win that finals for hope for Kobe. You know, that's gonna be the big goal is win the title for Kobe. You know, so uh, yeah, I believe that's gonna be the NBA. That's my prediction for the NBA. So yeah, and then uh, hockey. So hockey is coming back in uh, the same time. Actually, hockey, baseball, foot, and basketball, pretty much all of them. Football, eh, we are not sure if football is going to happen either in in college or in the pros yet. So far, it looks like they're going to be doing football. They're in. They're on schedule to do training camp, which is good to know. Um, they shrank down the. Pro- the games from four to two but the nfl's players you know, is yeah i think we just do a full training camp no preseason games no preseason games just go straight into training camp in from now to the opening week september which i kind of can understand like doing that plus i think they should like keep the uh, like, the training camp roster, I believe it's, like, 95-ish. I believe it's 95, 96 players. Which, I think they need that because in case any positive tests come up, they can just put a player in there. Now, people thinking, like, well, what about the quality of the game and stuff? And, like, hey, if it were... I'm not worried about the quality of games. If these players are willing to play the game... And risk getting this virus. Then I'm down for whatever game possible. I'm down for whatever game possible. In my opinion. So we are. uh, So yeah that's my. uh, That's a lot of things about sports. We talk a good amount of sports. So uh, yeah. Alright. I'm going to go ahead. Take a quick break here. When we come back. We're going to be talking about the UFC. And. Fight Island UFC 251 We're going to make down some predictions And give my thoughts On how I think the fights will go Who I think is going to win Why and I'll explain that In a bit Don't go anywhere folks Okay and we are back Ladies and gentlemen With the probably the next Phase of the J Money Podcast and this one is pretty much, we're going to go through the entire card of the UFC 251 between Kamaru and Jorge Masvidal. And this is a big one. This is the first fight that's going to be happening at Fight Island. And this one is a big one. So we're starting off, we're going to go into the prelims first. Which starts 6pm on ESPN and on ESPN+. In the so first one we got is between Martin Day versus Davy Grant. Uh, Martin Day, he is a professional record of eight wins, three losses. stands He's going to be standing at five feet ten inches tall. He's going to hopefully weighs in at one hundred thirty-five pounds. He has a seventy three inch reach. fantasy He fights Orthodox. He so one of the things uh, is. Big thing about him is he actually uh his significant strikes total is a per minute is of you know, significant strikes per minute is five point six and uh forty-nine percent accuracy. Uh average like a takedown, a fight, and it looks like he uh two versus time he goes for a takedown, he, it, it works for him and he actually has gonna win by submission. Um his opponent, uh, David Grant. Uh, he is five feet 8, five feet eight inches tall, weighing one hundred thirty five. Probably weighing one hundred thirty five. Uh, six nine inch reach advantage. Orthodox as well. He doesn't throw as many significant strikes, but he is quite accurate. Fifty two percent. So, but he actually does have an average of two point six takedowns per minute, and 47 percent for of them. Work on around, so it looks like this is gonna be someone who does a good amount of stuff in uh, the brand game. So, this is gonna be a, probably a wrestling match. Uh, the way I see it right now is um, RND is a slight favorite at minus 165. Um, this is gonna be an interesting fight. I think it is something that's gonna go probably a distance. I but I think the person who's gonna win is probably Grant, he's probably gonna find a way of getting more takedowns. Uh, big thing is going to be the case of control on that ground so I think that he uh, Grant could have some, could have the ability to uh, take him down and probably have more control on it so I believe that fight is going to be going to uh, baby Grant for there alright the next match is between in a women's weight division between Carol Rosa and Vanessa Melo. Melo, two brazilian fighters um both of them stand at five feet five inches tall uh rosa has the slight reach advantage of 67 inches bearing mellow 65 inches both are based on orthodox stance pretty much uh but the big one is the big stat here is both of them don't go for takedowns this is probably going to be this is actually a pure stand-up striking event Pure stand up the big one here is going to be the case with uh Rosa has the her uh, significant strike per minute amount of uh signature strikes per minute is a huge one at 11.4 48.7% accuracy and that is a huge stat there so this is a fight that she can probably Turn the lights out very cool. she could turn the white lights out and uh and then the next thing with merit to uh, uh three point six single earth strikes per minute and uh the accuracy of twenty eight point eight so I think with the looks of this I say it's going i think rose is gonna win this one and I wouldn't be surprised if it ends via knockout that is a that is a big thing there uh there is a danger factor there it is Quite an interesting stat. There. So, I give it to uh, Carosa. who will we'll take the win. And the flyweight division. And this one is a big... And that is a good name to hear when you think about it. The flyweight division is wide open. Now that the uh, champion, Triple C, Henry Hero, retired from competition. And... Now we gotta figure out who's gonna be coming up in the flyweight division to claim that crown. So, we have a big match between... Uh, I believe it is... What? I might mess up this name here. Rolian Pavia versus Saga Sumagolov. I am probably sure must- that name. I understand. Now, there's not much information involving uh, Sue Magov who currently is coming in in a 13 to free record 13 free record I'm guessing this is his first uh, he, this is him making his UFC debut if it is then he uh, stands 5'4 five, four, five, four. he has a 65 inch reach advantage he, uh, he is a switch stance, so he can switch between southpaw and orthodox, so that is a big factor. There's nothing about anything but a significant strike total, take down average, missions doesn't show anything there. His opponent, uh, by has a 19 in free record. Stands at 5.8, 6.9 inch reach, orthodox stance, uh, strike total is, uh, 4.1, and, uh, The average is .35 so this is going to be an interesting one um I kind of don't know how to call this one because you don't know much about uh, Sumagolov and probably you know more but I think in this case I say Sumagolov might take it I'm going to give it with uh, Sumagolov for the win just for that case now we go up. we go to the heavyweight division to big boys we got a we got Marcin Tybura versus Maxime Grishin Grishin and uh in the heavyweight division both men stand at 6'3 Tybura weight coming in it believes he is 246 pounds 70, 78 inch reach advantage Overdock stance um, There is not much information on Grusham I can make here So this is uh, interesting And so uh, this is an interesting uh, thing here It looks like there is a chance he There Tabura is a good favorite For this one I kind of go with Tabura it looks like he is quite accurate on in terms of signature strikes, fifty point four percent, and fifty uh, percent on take accurate on takedowns is pretty good. Um, also has an average submission, so he can probably also make you also uh, do well in submissions. So this might be an interesting fight there. So I'm gonna give Ty of the win there. Next, we got Leonardo Santos versus. A Roman Bokatov, who is, uh, I believe, is probably making his UFC debut because there's no information involving his height and weight. High and weight here. He is standing in five eight inches tall, of professional record of eleven of ten year, ten wins, no losses. Orthodox stance. His opponent on his opponent uh, Leonardo Santos. He is. I mean, six feet tall, seventy-five inch reach. Uh, not much in. This is an interesting fight to call here, but I say uh, I might give that to Bogotov. just because we don't know much. Because you don't know how these fires go coming in, so there's not much information. So they might have spare experience in like uh, terms of act, in terms of like the ground game. Bearing into this. So I'm going to go with the unknown here. Just uh, play safe for me. Next fight we have. We have. Okay. Maquan Amercani versus Danny Henry. In the featherweight division. In the featherweight division. And so. Amarconi comes in 5 feet 10 inches tall. 72 inch reach. He fights in a southpaw stance. Which is actually the first. One we are seeing tonight here on this fight card, and uh, yeah, this is an interesting one. Not much into striking, take, but he is an expert wrestler. He averages at least three point three takedowns a fight, very four percent accurate, and he has also has some experience with uh, submissions. His opponent, uh, Danny Henry, comes in six feet tall, seventy three inch reach advantage, overdock stance uh but his striking is inter- is pretty good. Five point eight signature strikes per minute and uh and uh actually a fifty three point two percent um so he can actually hit hard so he actually does hit and uh can uh outpoint you probably possibly his take on average is a 33 percent accuracy But his submission average is he has averaged 2.66 submissions. So, at least in terms of submission temps, this is. So, this could be a good round game, but I think the better wrestler is probably going to win in this. I'm going to go with Americani for the win there. So, next we have in the welterweight division is. Aliso Seleki dos Santos versus Muslim Solikov. I believe I'm saying this right. If anyone <laughs> thinks I'm butchering names, my apologies. I'm not that good. So, uh, I received these names. Here. For uh, the Santos we have uh he's coming in five both fires, five feet eleven inches tall. Uh, Dos Santos coming in with a free entry advantage, both fire an orthodox stance uh, the big one here is that uh, Dos Santos throws is made uh, 4.17 significant strikes per minute and uh, actually a 39.9 for his opponent is significant strikes per minute is uh, 2.92 with a 47 Close to a 47% accuracy. So, it it doesn't look, but it looks like, oh, and between the two of them, uh, Solikov actually doubles in terms of takedown average and uh, accuracy with 1.2 takedowns and uh, 42% accuracy. accuracy. Nothing, it doesn't look like it goes for submissions. He goes for ground works in the ground game. Uh, Dos Santos has a .52 submission average, so there's a possibility he can uh, probably make work a submission or two, maybe. So we don't know. So that um, for that one, I think I might go with Dos Santos just because of the volume. Now I do think I'm gonna go with Dos Santos. Looks like that is possibility of him having the reach advantage could help him out especially he can use the uh, if those uh, strikes work he can use that ability to like out grant to uh of course out uh point him in that fight so if they keep it standing so next we are going with for our feature bout of the evening we have mar we have We have Vulcan Osim... Os... Os... Vulcan Sedmer. I believe that's the name. I'm off versus Jiri Proshokska. I am so sorry to any Russians... To Russian... Any members... Any Russian viewers... And, uh... People in uh, Europe, please, my apologies for uh, butchering your guys' names. My sincere apologies. Um. So we have, uh, it looks like the Pro Shaka is coming in with him. It's in here with a 25 free and one record. But there's no information about his reach, his uh, strike totals, his take down average this is an interesting fight here. So this is someone who's probably coming in from uh, probably coming in in uh, small professional leagues and uh, and is now making his debut in the UFC. Uh, Osentmar coming in six-two, 75 inch reach. Uh, Prasaka is the taller one with six, if a six-four height, but uh, the big one is going to be the case of. Sembat is his tr- significant strikes per minute is 4.8. And now Sembat is I believe a small favorite and I think this is gonna be interesting one. I so I think it's an interesting one because we don't know much about uh, Prochaska. So for me, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Sembat for that win there. So. Now we move on to the main card. And this is the big one. Main card on pay-per-view. And so we start with Amanda Rebus taking on Paige Van Sant in the women's fight flyweight division. Rebus coming in with a 9-1 record. And Van Sant coming in with an 8-4 record. And both Rebus coming in 5'3". 66 inch reach advantage. Van Sand coming in 5'4". With a 65 inch reach. And uh, yes, this is a big one in terms of striking. This is going to be an interesting one involving possibly striking. Because we got two women that are coming in. Rebus with a 4.8 signature strike per minute. And with a 44.3% accuracy. Uh, Van said coming in 3.0 with, two, with a 52% tracking accuracy. Both women are in t- interested in the takedowns. Uh, Rebus has an advantage there with, uh, 2.02 takedowns, uh, with a 50% accuracy. And in terms of submissions, 1.61 submissions average. So there is a possibility that someone basically the main thing is someone could get tap out because this it could, could go to the ground and there is a possibility of standing up so this is going to be an interesting one um but i think for this one i'm probably going to go with uh i'm gonna go with Anzan for that He is going to take that um He is going to take that so that's my opinion all right, in the women's strawweight division, we have Jessica Andrade taking on Rose Namajunas. And this is a huge fight. Fight. Namajunas coming in with a 9-4 record. 9-4 and record. Andrade coming in with a 20-7 and record. With, uh, Andrade coming in 5'1 with a 62-inch reach advantage. Namajunas is a taller one with a Coming in at 5'5", with a 65-inch reach advantage. And a big one is, in here is that these two women have are probably about ev- uh, a little bit more even in terms of the takedown game, with, uh, in terms of the takedown game and in terms of grappling. So, but in terms of striking, it is a huge thing for, uh, it's bigger for uh, for a uh, Jessica like Andrade who comes in with six point five signature strikes per minute uh, with six with a fifty one percent accuracy and uh, but with not is having to reach a match... she can probably outpoint so it means but she can uh, but she is known to knock you off because she did win against. Uh, I believe we are talking about quite possibly knocking out, uh, Yohanna Jostick and probably a, and like in the first couple minutes. And that is a, she has a puncher's chance. So, and people are uh, going for her as a favorite in this one. I agree there. I think Rose Nami can win this one. She has probably a puncher's chance in this one. Alright, moving on here. So we go on into the free one of the free tile fights that are in this car tonight. And that's Saturday night. And that is the first one for the Bantamweight Championship. A vacant Bantamweight championship. Where Peter Yan takes on the legend Jose Aldo. And this is a big one. Jan coming in 14 and one record. Is Aldo, who's come in twenty and six, and it, who, at one point, ro—pretty much reigned the fe- over the Federalweight division with an iron fist. The one who was able to take the crown from him first was Conor McGregor, and then when he got a chance to get the crown back, he got the crown back, and then he was briefly dethroned by the current by Max Holloway, and now he is coming up. In 135, which is a interesting, which is 10 pounds lighter in a fairway class, so this is a big one. Both men coming in at 5 foot 7. Aldo's gonna have the free inch reach advantage, and uh, with a free inch reach advantage, both men are good at probably are pretty good in terms of their striking. With uh, with young coming in with a slight Slight uh, favorite in the sermon striking because in significant strikes per minute, he uh, comes in 5.65 compared to all 3.47 and the accuracy of 46.4 percent compared to all those 44.1 percent. Takedowns it is about the edge goes to yawn with a 1.73 to all point six four. But, in her accuracy of those takedowns, Aldo has the edge there. If a 65% to the 53.3% of Jan. So, this is a close fight. I'm actually surprised that it is going... That the underdog is actually Aldo. So, this is a big thing. Because, for Yon, this is the first... His very first title shot in Yonzy. And, he's been... He's just been in the in the scene for for at least a minute for a minute. He's been in the scene for quite a short time, and that's an interesting thing there. There, so who do I think is going to win this one? I kind of gotta give the edge to Aldo. I'm giving the edge to Aldo. He's had experience in these five round fights. I believe this is something that he can handle. For Jan, this is going to be probably be a learning lesson. This is going to help him with with uh, at least probably his stamina because he probably. Cause I think most of the fights he's has ended in the first round. So it's uh, some of them stuff like two, three, four rounds. If it goes to like rounds four and five, it's that could tire him out. So that is a big thing, big factor there. So I think I'm going to go with. All over this one, just because he has had more experience in championship fights. So, no fancy on, but Aldo's going to take this one and claim the vacant crown. So, number two in the card, and this is the co-main event, surprisingly, and technically this is probably a double main event, part of a two of a triple main event. And this is between. Alexander Volkanovski versus Mac Holloway. This is the rematch to the fight they had at UFC 245, I believe. And it was Alexander Volkanovski winning this in an interesting very close split decision and becoming the new UFC featherweight champion. Holloway gets his rematch. He gets a chance to reclaim the featherweight championship championship in Fireland and this is the tailor tape for this one Volcanossi comes in with a 21-1 record Holloway with a 21-5 record five foot 5'6 it's actually 5'6 which I'm actually the same height so I'm like I need to figure out what he does and what he does for wakeouts get to at least 145 that is a goal for me and then Max Holloway, Max Holloway, five foot, taller one, five foot eleven, but he Volkanovski does have a two-inch reach advantage, seventy-one two sixty-nine. for striking is going to be interest is going to be crazy, insane. This is going to be a crazy stand-up fight because between both of them, six six point one five for Volkanovski, six point six for uh, Holloway. Yep, pretty much demon. Yep, literally Max Alway a freaking demon. Um, But, see, the accuracy of his strikes goes to Volganovsky. Uh, takedown average, Volganovsky is probably more likely to try a take to go for a takedown. But Holloway is not, uh, doesn't go for takedowns much. But when he does, he actually, AR, he makes them count with an 83.3% accuracy in terms of takedowns average not much but he does go for takedowns, and most of the time they are effective now this is a close one I think it's going to be interesting to see how this goes, I think it's going to go down to score scorecards and I think in a close position I think Vokanazi probably could take this one and retain his belt now let's move on to the main event of the evening and this one is between Kamaro Uzman, who is defending his UFC welterweight championship against street Jesus Jorge Masvidal. Both men coming in. This is the tail of the tape. Usman coming in with a 16-1 record compared to Masvidal, who has had the experience of a lifetime in street fights, you know, was promoted by Kimbo Slice, Kimbo Slice, and Montreal coming in with a 35 and 13 record. 13 record. Usman one inch taller, six foot five eleven. He's gonna have a two inch reach advantage. He's he's he has a switch stance, so he can beat in both southpaw and orthodox, which is a big thing. Both men coming in with strikes plenty, strikes plenty, with 4.33. With Usman uh, coming in with 4.6 to the 4.33 from from uh, Doll. Slight edge in terms of the accuracy with a 52.8 for Usman. And taking it average, it is a huge one. Usman goes for at least an average 3.44 takedowns per fight, actually at 50.6%. So even if he, all of them don't, doesn't get all the takedowns, he is still going to get them. Masvidal doesn't go much for takedowns with 1.7, but an accuracy 59.3. So there is a chance he can get a couple a couple takedowns on Uzman. who knows? And also there's a mission average of 0.49, sly edge going to Masvidal for for him against the 0.16 for Usman. This is a huge fight. This is a fight that has been buzzing around since January around Super Bowl weekend where two exchange some words and maybe a few shoves I'm not entirely sure in January and this has been something that People have wanted for quite a while, and because Gilbert Burns had to drop out because of of the coronavirus, he's still pretty much eaten away. He kind of made the, a big sacrifice for probably a much bigger fight that people have wanted. And so, the question is who do I think is going to win this one? I say, I won't say Usman, but I feel like Moswell has got that crazy uh is probably someone who is quite zany and I think for someone who is pro who probably prepared for um Gilbert Burns who also throws hands like you can know, hands like Mazadal, I don't know how well it would uh, this affect Uzman because now you strategize for an opponent for pretty much your entire camp and now like the fight week comes up and he drops out and now another competitor comes in like hours later your entire strategy is kinda thrown out the window so the question is how is he's gonna fight I think it's gonna be a close fight but I think Masvidal is probably this has this level of insanity in him where I think he's going to get the win at the end of it all. So, I'm pretty much going for, uh, for a Masvidal. So, yeah, that is going to be who I think will win in that fight. And I think it's going to be a, hu- a huge uh, card. It's a huge card, ladies and gentlemen. It is exciting. I'm ready for this uh, card. It is on ESPN. Plus on pay per view, I'm gonna pay i f- I'm pretty much paying for it. I already know it. And I'm gonna wa- enjoy watching this. Enjoy my last weekend uh, before I have to go back to work. Am I still uh, gonna keep the streams keep this uh, going? Absolutely. We're I'm gonna find some time. If I have to cancel uh, any uh, last minute po- any uh, last minute uh, business, then I guess I got to. So yeah um yeah this is a podcast that's going on y'all anyways thank you guys very much for uh watching this episode that is uh thank you guys very much for watching the very first episode uh last week i greatly appreciate it especially for someone who's starting on this podcast uh at least uh like this today like it out like the videos share this with your friends uh more importantly subscribe to the channel at least help uh you know you know, like uh, leave comments down. Like, you've got any questions, or you uh, want me to talk about a certain topic from like in this next episode, or something like a like a suggestion of some kind. Um, I do know this. In about two now three more weeks, I'm gonna do a lot. I'm gonna do a Q and A type of stream where you guys ask me pretty much any question. Like, you know. And uh, I'll let you guys know when it's about to happen. Um, I'll let you guys know when that's about to happen. There'll probably be a hashtag of like J Money AMA or hashtag J Money AMA or something like that. I'll let you guys know in uh, pretty soon. I'll probably a next week I'm going to mention it. And then probably the following week I'll probably uh, leave you guys know. Put the AMA out there in I'll take whatever questions I ask, and uh, if there's any I do not like, I will 100% not answer it because one, some of the stuff is going on YouTube, and two, I don't know how SoundCloud is going to act when some random person asks me some crazy shits like, like I don't need, I not want to answer that, and I don't want this be going down. Before the party even began. So yeah. Let's not do that. So thank you guys very much for watching. Uh, We'll be back next week. And uh, we're going to be talking some more stuff. Hopefully you guys enjoy this. Thank you guys. Peace. Love. I appreciate y'all. I am J Money. And I will see you all next time. Peace.